Blog Talk Radio. Putting on the wrist There's thunder and it's footsteps and lightning in his fist And the Lord wasn't joking when he kicked him out of Egypt It wasn't for no reason that he shed his blood His return is very close and so you better be believing That our God is an awesome God Created the light. Judgment and wrath he poured out on Sodom. The mercy and grace he gave us at the cross. I hope that we have not too quickly forgotten that our God is an awesome God. Our God.
supposedly called the night of rage, God have mercy. And the Lord brought these scriptures to me. And he wants the people, he wants his, his uh, children and all who are listening to know this. In Genesis 6, Genesis 6, verses 11 and 12, this is the reason why God destroyed the earth the first time. And now, in the days we live, as Christ, our Lord, our soon-coming King, told us that just like in the days of Noah, it will be in the days of my return. And this is what's happening, brothers and sisters. Genesis, the population of the earth was corrupt, absolutely depraved, spiritually and morally putrid in God's sight. And the land was filled with violence. Discretion, infringement, outrage, assault, and lust for power. God looked on the earth and saw how debased and degenerate it was. For all humanity had corrupted their way on the earth and lost their true direction. God have mercy. This is why judgment is coming. This is why judgment and the wrath of God is coming upon this earth. Because men have turned away from God and turned to their own flesh. They have turned to sin. And the God of creation, the God of the universe, Almighty God, has had about enough of it. And he wants you to forewarn and know, wake up, it's time to get right with him. With repentance and true remorseful repentance from the heart to be able to be saved. It is a dangerous time, brothers and sisters, because there's so many souls out there of one breath away from eternity. Are they ready? So this is what the Lord wanted me to share before we got started. Genesis 6, verses 11 and 12, violence is filling the earth. God have mercy. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's go to the Lord in prayer as we get ready. As we come together, thank God for fellowship. Thank God to come together and worship and focus on the Lord. And that uh, we will hear the words of the Lord from the scripture, his truth, his heart, his revelation. Amen. Father, we thank you and just praise you for this night. Father God, I thank you for my brothers and sisters and all that are listening and all that are seeking. Father, that they come to this place of rest. They've come to this place of, uh, of refuge, and they're able to be still and know that you are God and that there is peace here and there is truth here and there is joy in, in all that you give, Lord, grace and mercy and righteousness and truth. And, Lord, we just thank you that we come humble before you and thank you for what you're doing in each one of our lives and thank you for what you're going to do tonight. And, Lord, that you will touch life, you will touch hearts, and people will be changed for eternity, glory to God. For what is impossible for man is not impossible for God. And, Lord, we, we believe you, and we trust you, we thank you for your promises. And, Lord, that we would cling and grab on, hold on to you, and know that we need you in such a time as this. Father, we pray for protection against uh, the enemy. And by the applied blood of Jesus over our heart, in our minds, 
and over the Lord's hour and the connections, computers and phones and whichever way they have communicate. And we rebuke you, Satan. This is God's property. Get your hands off of it. Stay off God's land. This is holy ground. Hallelujah. And Father, we just thank you and praise you for the mighty spirit of God. Lord, that you would help us. And Holy Spirit, that you would anoint us and prepare us for tonight to serve you and honor the Lord Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach. And we give you all the glory and praise in the name of Jesus. And as we say amen and praise God, that we will worship and honor the Lord. Spirit fall. See what? Yes, it is. I'm sorry, baby. Chris Tomlin. Forgive me. Spirit fall. It was right at the top. I had it set. I had it at the top. Oh, yes, it is. I'm sorry, baby. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, brothers and sisters. Praise God. We focus on the Lord. And we call for the Holy Spirit to move upon us like a mighty wind, like a consuming fire, living water.
cracking and shaking more and more. That means his presence is here so much more. He is so close, praise God. I mean, the, the volcanoes are going out. That means the mountain tops are melting because of the Lord and his presence is coming. He's an all-consuming fire. The first time he destroyed the world was by water. But the next time, it will be by his all-consuming fire. The Lord will clean house, and it will be clean, purified. All corruption, sin, wickedness, and evil will be burned up. Hallelujah. Glory to his wonderful name. And that name is our mighty Father and mighty God, Yahweh. Hallelujah. Yahweh. Praise the Lord.
when the Lord comes for his bride, his church. Let go of this lost, dying world. I say again, let go of this lost, dying world. Shalom, brothers and sisters. Mercy, grace, and love from God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Oh, glory to the Lord, the presence of the Lord. That you, you have found grace through our, through our faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. From last week and this weekend, I have heard so much that this world, this life in this world is a lost cause. This life to this world has no future or hope. Very clear that the world is in chaos. It is out of control. It is very wicked and evil. The Lord Jesus telling me to tell my created children, the ones he made for his good pleasure, the ones he loved so much that he gave them free will to choose their God and creator or choose to stay in this fallen state, in this fallen world. Many have chosen the flesh in sin, thinking that pleasure is the answer or fame or fortune is the answer. To be your own person and do what you want. To think that this life is what I can get out of it. Like Christ said, if you gain the whole world and lose your soul, what have you gained? That's an important question. Let that sink in. God did not intend any of us to choose this world, this fallen world. He wanted paradise on earth. God is love. So he didn't force this life on man or woman, but loved and cared for them so much that he gave them a choice. Obey me, serve me, and fellowship with me, and you shall live. But as you're God and creator, and you do not obey me and serve me and fellowship with me, you will die. God doesn't cut no corners. He comes right to the point. Very simple, how God has made it. In our lives, we have to make choices every day. You can choose your way and face the consequences for doing this or his way and be blessed. Protect it and save. That's his word. That's his promises. God's not a man that should lie. He tells the truth. So now is the time to make an eternal decision. Right now, not tomorrow, as we see all that is going on and it just keeps getting worse and worse, the world is falling apart. The world is dying, and the world will be judged. So now is the day of salvation. Now is the time to come back to your God and Creator, who all are not, all who are not saved, all who are lost, all who are fearful and have no hope, all who are are trusting in man in this lost, dying world. Turn to the one who has overcome the world. Turn to the one who loved you so much. He was honest with you. He told us our real state, that we were dead, separated from God, our creator and loving father. He bore witness and became a man, but not only fully man, but God in the flesh. He humbled himself because of his love for you, each of you in this world. Listen to his word. John 3, 16 through 19. Bless his holy name. Verse 16. For so God greatly, greatly loved 
the world that he even gave his one and only begotten son so that whoever believes and trusts in him as Savior shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to judge and condemn the world, that is, to initiate the final judgment of the world, but the world might be saved through him. Verse 18, whoever believes and has decided to trust in him as personal Savior and Lord is not judged. For this one, there is no judgment, no rejection, no condemnation. But the one who does not believe and has decided to reject him as personal Savior and Lord is judged already. That one has been convicted and sentenced because he has not believed and trusted in the name of the one and only begotten Son of God, the one who is truly unique, the only one of his kind, the one who alone can save him. Verse 19, this is the judgment that is the cause for indictment, the test by which people are judged, the basis for the sentence. The light has come into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. So we see from his own words, and finally by his own action, when he was crucified on the cross at Calvary, poured out his life and his blood, it was the cause of love. It was because we were lost and dying in our sin. We already condemned by this flesh in our sin. So we see that this is real. There is no hope for the lost, dying world in the state that we are. Be encouraged. There is no hope if you stay in this sinful, lost way. But you do not have to stay there. Jesus Christ has made a way, the only way back to life, back to God and your Father. Back to the one who made you and gave you free will. He gave you common sense. Choose life over, I mean, to choose life over death. I mean, excuse me, choose life over, yes, over death. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, took our place, died for all our sins. He poured out his life and blood for each of you who are listening, who will listen later, seeking answers in these troubling times. He is asking you, are you washed in the blood of the Lamb, the Lamb of God? Babe, the song. Listen to the song. This is what he's asking you. Down at the bottom. It's all right. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed you in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace as our? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you walking daily by the Savior's side? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? 
Amen, amen. We can't forget the old gospel songs and the hymns. Very powerful words. People's lives and their hearts were moved by God, by the Spirit, to bring these songs and bring out these questions and important things for eternity for you, for each one of us. Very powerful. The question is being asked of you tonight. For this is the only way you can be clean from your sin, is being washed in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb of God. Amen? The other part of this is that since that we are dead and separated from God because of our sin, you have to be brought back to life. Again, listen to the words of the Savior of the world. John 3, John 3, verses 1 through 8. The new birth. Now, there was a certain man from uh, among the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler, a member of the Sanhedrin, among the Jews, who came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, teacher, we know without any doubt that you have come from God as a teacher. For no one, else, no one can do these things, these wonders, these attesting miracles that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him. I assure you, most solemnly say to you, unless a person is born again, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and sanctified, he cannot ever see and experience the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter his mother's womb a second time and be born, can he? Jesus answered, I assure you, and most solemnly say to you, Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot ever enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. Physical is merely physical. And that which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not be surprised that I have told you, you must be born again. Reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, sanctified. The wind blows where it wishes. And you hear it sound, but you do not know where it is coming from and where it is going. So it is with everyone who is born in the Spirit. Amen. Praise God. Thank God that Christ did not stop at the cross. Oh, no. He was not finished yet. Again, because of his love for us, everyone, listen, everyone who has breath still in your lungs, he died. And on the third day, rose again. Hallelujah. Like the scripture says, oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? They have none over Jesus Christ. They have none over anyone who loves, trusts, and serves the Lord with a pure heart. Amen? So overall, made a way not to be lost but found. Made a way to be alive and not dead. Made a way not to be judged but redeemed. Amen? Go to 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, chapter 5, verses 16 through 19. Verse 16. So from now on, we regard no one, I mean, no one from human point of view, according to worldly standards and values, that we have known Christ from a human point of view, Now we no longer know him in this way. Therefore, anyone is in Christ, that is, grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as Savior, 
He is a new creature, reborn, renewed by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition, have passed away. Passed away. That's what Paul says. Know who you are in Christ. That old man is dead and gone. You are a new creation. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings new life, a new life. Hallelujah. But all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ, making it accessible to him and gave us the ministry of reconciliation so that by our example we might bring others to him. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting people's sins against them, but counseling them, hallelujah. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. That is restoration to favor with God, amen. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you have favor of God Almighty, the creator, our father, amen. This makes it clear. This tells you what happens to ones who accept, accept Christ, God's way of life. This tells you why we come on here and share the good news, the true gospel of Christ. This time we are in, in is very short now. Not much time left to choose Christ when he is near. And it is a very easy and simple to come to him. It is a life decision, not a one-time prayer, but a life decision to love him, obey him in his word, to serve him only, and not man or this world. Amen? The time of grace is almost over. All the signs are pointing to Jesus Christ coming for his church and his bride, and then the great and terrible day of the Lord is coming. The final judgment for this lost, dying world and this world system of Satan and the flesh will be judged and destroyed. Oh, God have mercy. Now is the time to be right with God. Be on his side, not against him. Judgment is coming to the entire world. And all those who reject him as Lord and Savior will meet him as judge. So as we go into this, what the Lord wants you to know tonight about letting go of this lost, dying world, he wants you to have the opportunity to come to him, to come home where you belong in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's go to Romans 10. Glory to his wonderful name. Glory to his wonderful name. Romans 10, verses 8 through 13. But what the word is near in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word, the message, the basis of faith which we preach. Because if we acknowledge and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, recognizing his power, his authority, and majesty is God, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Hallelujah. For with the heart a person believes in Christ as Savior, resulting in his justification, that is being made righteous, freed 
of the guilt of sin and made acceptable to God. And with the mouth, he acknowledges and confesses his faith openly, resulting in and confirming his salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him, whoever adheres to, trusts in, and relies on him will not be disappointed in his expectations. Hallelujah. Has any of y'all been disappointed in Christ? Amen. Glory to God. For there is no distinction between Jew and Gentile, for the same Lord is Lord over all of us. And he is abounding in riches, blessings, for all who call on him in faith and prayer. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord in prayer will be saved. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. This is what you have to do tonight. This is between you and God. This is between you and one man, Jesus Christ. Salvation is very personal. Coming to him tonight and come come to him tonight and you will be saved. You will be able to escape what is coming on this world. You have to have faith and trust in him because he is our blessed hope. Honestly, our only hope. Without Jesus, there is no hope. Amen. So we have made it clear to the seekers, ones looking for answers about life, ones that are fearful, for they see in the world now and what is coming onto and coming onto the world too. This message are all for you religious folks too. The lukewarm, the ones who are just playing church, the ones who believe in Christ and know about him, but don't really know him personally. That is not a lifestyle for you. Form of godliness, but denying the power of it. It is high time. You wake up, oh, you sleepers. The alarm clock has gone off, and you keep hitting the snooze button. This is holding on, this is holding on to the world. You're going to wake up someday and find yourself left behind. God have mercy. There is no more time to play games with God or your life. This is not some video game or fantasy. This is reality. Let go of this lost, dying world before it is too late. Amen? Now, we will go back to the scripture that the Lord shared about God so loved the world. The first time he came to this world, he came to save it. The next time, he will judge and conquer it. 17. John 3.17 says, For God did not sin the Son into the world to judge and condemn the world, that is, to initiate the final judgment of the world, but the world might be saved through him. Here in the Amplified Bible says he will someday send the Son into the world to judge and condemn the world, that is, to initiate the final judgment of the world because of the people who are sinful and wicked. They laugh and mock God, their creator. They mock and reject his son, Jesus Christ. Judgment is coming. Why do you think you are seeing the things about Noah and about the lifestyle of Sodom and Gomorrah? These are signs to us in their last, these last days that judgment is upon us. Because of Noah, those days, the world was destroyed by water. Everything living creature that was wicked and sinful destroyed. Only Noah 
and his family found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Let's look at this. See if it sounds familiar in our day. Genesis 6, 5 through 8. God have mercy. The Lord saw that wickedness, depravity of man was great on the earth. In every imagination or intent of the thoughts of his heart were only evil continually. The Lord regretted that he had made mankind on the earth, and he was deeply grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy, annihilate mankind whom I have created from the surface of the earth, not only man, but the animals and the crawling things and the birds there, because it deeply grieves me to see mankind's sin and regret that I have made them. But Noah found favor and grace in the eyes of the Lord. Three verses about the wickedness of men and one verse about Noah who found favor and grace in the eyes of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, it is so clear. God knows our heart. He knows every thought we think. He is the creator. He is almighty God. You best honor him. Obey him and love him with all your heart. Amen. Let me tell you, you do not want to mess with God. Best to submit to him. Know your place. You are a created one. He is the creator. He has the right to save you or judge you and throw you into hell for eternity. This has been swept under the rug way too long. Yes, God is a God of love, mercy, and grace. But he is a holy, righteous, and all-consuming fire, too. He will judge wickedness and sinfulness. He did in Noah's day, and the Lord Jesus himself said that he will judge the world again by this time by fire. All-consuming fire. Amen? So God is creator and savior. People have been deceived and lied to, that, that he is also judge. He is righteous judge. He will, he will judge this lost, dying world and all who live in those worlds and all who reject the Savior of the world. Go to 1 Peter, verses 1 through 10. 1 Peter 1 through 10. I'm sorry, 1 Peter chapter, uh, oh, I think, uh, excuse me, I got it now. Uh, go, I'm sorry, go to second, uh, second Peter chapter 1. I mean, no, excuse me, baby, let me get it right. Second Peter chapter 3, forgive me. Second Peter chapter 3, forgive me. Yeah, Second Peter chapter 3, that's right. Yeah, that's it. I don't know why that other, it, somehow or I was thinking of something else. That's it. Thank you, sweetie. Amen. Beloved, I am now writing to you the second letter. In this, as in the first one, I am stirring you up untainted mind to remind you that you should remember the words spoken in the past about the future. By the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior given by your apostles, his personal chosen representatives, the coming day of the Lord. Verse 3. First of all, know without any doubt that mockers will come in the last days with their mocking. 
follow after their own human desires, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? What has become of it? For ever since the fathers fell asleep in death, all things have continued exactly as they did from the beginning of creation. For they willingly forget the fact that the heavens existed long ago by the word of God, and the earth was formed out of water and by water, through which the world at that time was destroyed by being flooded with water. By his word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly people. Nevertheless, do not let this one fact escape your notice. Beloved, that the Lord, that, that, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like one day. The Lord does not delay, as thou, he were unable to act, and is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is extraordinarily patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but all come to repentance. Brothers and sisters, Peter is not talking to lost sinners. Peter is talking to the body of Christ, to the church. All need to come into repentance. That's the word of God. A new heaven and earth, verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will vanish, and with a mighty thunderous roar, and the material elements will be destroyed with intense heat, and the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. It's almost like it's going to be uh, go opposite of what, how he created the earth, and then it's going to go and destroy it in all like manner the other way. Very clear, as Peter in his day and now in our day, this message is to warn you. And to let go of this lost, dying world. Amen? This will come to pass. God's word is truth. God is not a man who should lie. His word is yes and amen. The fulfillment of this is right at the door. So many signs, so many dreams and visions. From the Lord. He doesn't want any to perish. He doesn't want any to face this time of tribulation coming. He wants you to come home with him as he comes in the clouds. And causes, come home, my children, come up hither. Amen. So now we know that because of, his, of, of the lifestyle, the people of the world who reject Christ, the Son of God, and their lives for themselves in this world, judgment. So he wants all of us to know about the world and know how to let go of this life, last, uh, lost, dying world daily. Amen. The world in these last days. Second Timothy chapter three. Difficult times will come. It's amazing how you know that Paul got revelation from the Lord because he describes our world right on point. Right to the T. But understand this 
that in the last days, dangerous times of great stress and trouble will come. Difficult days that will be hard to bear. For people will be lovers of self, narcissists, self-focused, lovers of money, impaled by greed, boastful, arrogant, revelers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, and profane. They will be unloving, devoid of natural human affection, callous and inhuman, irreconcilable, malice, gossip, void of self-control, intemperate, immoral, brutal, haters of good, traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of sensual pleasure, rather than lovers of God, holding to the form of godliness, outward godliness, religion, although they denied its power, for their conduct nullifies their claim of faith. Avoid such people and keep far away from them. Would you agree with me that this describes our world to a T? We are seeing this daily in our world. You see it on the news and on YouTube daily. God have mercy. One thing I've always said, what the Lord has shown me about our relationship with him, it is a lifestyle. Amen? Look at verse 5. Again, holding to a form of outward godliness, religion, although they have denied its power for their conduct, nullifies their claim of faith. By your by your fruits you will be known. What you produce by what you have in your heart, what you produce will be known. If you are real or if you're fake, if you're righteous or if you're a sinner by your lifestyle. They have an outward appearance of godliness, but by their conduct by their true condition of their heart, they deny the power of God, which is unto salvation. They may claim faith in Christ, but by their conduct, by their lifestyle, nullifies their claim. Their faith is godless. Let me say it again. Their faith is godless. They are trusting in their religion and the work and not true godliness, which is only through faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? Look at this. There is no salvation without the power of God. Romans 1, verses 16 and 17. This is so powerful. Understanding without the, <laughs> the spirit of the living God in your life. Hmm. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation from his wrath and punishment, hallelujah, to everyone who believes in Christ as Savior, to the Jew first and also the Greek. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, both springing from Faith, leading to faith, disclosed in a way that awakens more faith. As is written, for 
forever remains written, the just and the upright shall live by faith. So there you are. If you have a form of godliness, denying the power thereof, you don't have true faith or saving faith. Only through the power of God, through his mighty Holy Spirit, the greatest power ever known to this world, the Spirit of God, energy and power of God, the power to raise Jesus from the grave, the power to make us born again, the power to bring us from death to life, the power that will raise us up and give us a glorified body at the coming of our King and Savior, Yeshua Jesus, hallelujah, amen. Glory to God. So be not ashamed of the gospel or deny your Lord Jesus either. This comes from being in the world ashamed of the true gospel and denying Christ in your daily life. Amen? It is time to let go of this lost, dying world. This is very temporal and will be burned up soon. Amen? Now, Paul will describe more about this lifestyle of the world. We who are believers are to stay away from this kind of lifestyle. Let go of this lost, dying world, the Lord is saying. Amen? He saying, Unbelief and its consequences. Let me get a drink here. Romans 1, verses 18 to 32. I'm telling you here, folks, God's not messing around. This is serious business, and you'll see it by his word. Everybody's taking God lightly. Everybody is seem like they have forgotten how much it cost him because of our sin. And people begin to realize that God means business and that you have to face what you're doing in your life. And if you try to face it on your own, you will die and go into eternal hell. That's the word of God. But if you face it and you have a Savior in your life and that only one is Jesus Christ, you will have eternal life in heaven. Amen? Verse 18, for God does not overlook sin. He does not overlook sin. You hear this right at the start. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who in their wickedness suppress and stifle the truth. Because that which is known about God is evident within them, in their inner consciousness. For God made it evident to them. Based on this word, everybody has been given some kind of revelation about God and that he is real, that he is the creator, and that you need a savior. Because Jesus said himself, the Father draws men unto me. Oh, God is able. His spirit, he's omnipotent. Everyone will know what to have an excuse before God. For ever since the creation of the, of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood through his workmanship, all his creation, the wonderful things he has made. 
so that they who fall, I mean, excuse me, who fail to believe and trust in him, who are without excuse and without defense. For even though they knew God as the creator, they did not honor him as God or give thanks for his wondrous creation. On the contrary, they became worthless in their thinking, godless, with pointless reasoning and silly speculation, and their foolish heart was darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, and exchanged the glory and majesty and excellency of the immortal God for an image worthless idols in the shape of mortal man and birds and four-footed animals and reptiles. How low can you go? Therefore, God gave them over in their lust of their own hearts to their sexual impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them, abandoning them to the degrading power of sin. Remember, God gives us free will, and if you choose that, there will be consequences for this kind of lifestyle. It's very clear. Because by choice, they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worship and serve the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them over to degrading and vile passions. For the women exchange the natural function for that which is unnatural, a function contrary to nature. And in the same way also men turned away from the natural function of the, whim, of, of, of the women and were consumed with a desire toward one another. Men with men committing shameful acts and in return receiving their own bodies the inevitable appropriate penalty for their wrongdoing. And since they did not fit to acknowledge God or consider him worth knowing as their creator, God then gave them over to a deprived mind to do all to do things which are improper and repulsive until they were filled, permeated, saturated with every kind of unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice, mean-spiritedness, they are gossip, spreading rumors, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of new forms of evil, disobedient, disrespectful to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful, without pity. Although they know God's righteous decree and his judgment that those who do such things deserve death, yet they not only do them, but they even enthusiastically approve and tolerate others who practice them. Well, who, who, what kind of category that would be? Would that be Mr. O.B.? Would that be the Supreme Court? Go ahead, baby. Amen. That would be people that are saying it's okay to come in and do any kind of lifestyle you want. That's a lie. Here's the truth, and people need to face the truth. You know, 
these days, people don't want to hear this. You know, in these days, people don't want to hear this. You better listen. This is God's word. This is truth. And if you live this way or have these kind of lifestyles, you will be judged. This is sin in the sight of the Lord. And it's a stench in his nostrils. And he will deal with this severely. Hear me clearly. God is not playing around. He deals in eternal things, not just this life, but the one to come, the one that most people don't think about until it's too late, too late, too late. With what is going on in the world these days, even on our own streets, you better think about it and have it right. We are all one breath away from eternity. There is only two choices in eternity. Choose eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, or choose eternal death, separated from God who loves you. Eternal life is in heaven, a place of peace and joy. The other place is full of darkness and punishment, regret, a place of eternal fire and judgment. The most saddest thing about hell is that you didn't have to go there. God, the Creator, who loves each of you very much, made a way that you don't have to go there. Beloved Son, Jesus Christ. He came into the world. He is not part of the world. He does not belong to the world. He came to save the world, not the planet itself. When you are talking about the world, we're talking about the people in the world. Amen? So to go to heaven and not go to hell, you have to let go of this lost, dying world and not have a lifestyle described here. Amen? I know I know a very heavy message, but needs to be spoken and shared to a people who are perishing, to a people who have been lied to, to a people to get right with God, to know Jesus Christ personally, to have a godly lifestyle that reflects him. Amen? Now, we will go... I mean, now we'll look at what the Apostle Paul has to say about this. Go to John 2, verses 15 through 17. Do not love the world. Do not love the world. We're to let go of the world, and we are not to love this world system in the life, in the sinful lifestyle of it. Amen? We're to love the people. Christ told us we're to love our neighbors. But we are not to love the kind of lifestyles they have. Amen? Verse 15. Do not love the world of sin that opposes God and his precepts, nor the things that are in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. What? Yeah, I'm sorry. First John. Forgive me. First John. Hmm. First John 2, babe, sorry. Do not love the world of the sin that opposes God and his precepts, nor the things that are in the world. Anyone who loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust and sensual craving of the flesh, and the lust and longing of eyes, the boastful pride of life, pretentious confidence in one's resources, or this, in the stability of earthly things, these do not come from the Father, 
but are from the world. The world is passing away, and with its lust, the shameful pursuits, and ungodly longings. But the one who does, does, but the one who does the will of God and carries out His purposes lives forever. There's the word of God. There's the promise. Very clear. Godly lifestyle, serving the Lord, praying, studying the word, sharing the light of God, sharing the gospel, ministering, doing what God has called us to be, that we are to be servants, not to be served. We're supposed to care about other people and not be so concerned about your own self. Not be caught up in this world. We're in the world, but we're not to be part of it. We're supposed to be like Christ. He not he wasn't part of this world. He came in he came in to shine the light in the darkness, amen. And that's what he's called us to do. So part of letting go of the world is what? Do not love the world. Amen. Now knowing that man-made religion is part of the world, and you better let go of it. Revelations chapter 3, 14 through 17. Message to Laodicea, the worldly church. Verse 14. To the angel, divine messenger of the church in Laodicea, write. These are the words of the amen, the trusted and faithful and true witness, the beginning and origin of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold, invigorating, refreshing, nor hot, healing and therapeutic. I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm, spiritually useless, and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Rejecting you with disgust. Oh, you don't want to be in this place. Because you say, I am rich, and I have prospered, and I have grown wealthy. I have big old huge church buildings, and fancy pews, and great musical instruments, and a big organ or piano. I have a big old home. I have been blessed. I have big cars, and all the things of this world. And you think you're rich? True riches is in your heart of Christ, of his word, and being who he wants you to be, to serve and help the needy and poor. What are you going to say to a holy, righteous God when you have these big, fancy houses and homes and you haven't done anything for the poor? God, have mercy on your soul. Because you say I'm rich and have prospered and grown wealthy and have no need of nothing, you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked? Well, this is the last part, without hope in great need. Without hope in great need, this is religion. This is false religion. This is man-made denomination. This is Catholicism. This is Islam. This is trusting in men and not the true God. Now, I will share with you the hope in your great need. Amen? 
We have looked at the things of the world, styles of the world, the kind of people of the world. Now, you who are his church and bride who has made themselves ready, this is what he wants you to know for such a time as this. Amen? Overcoming the world makes you let go of the lost dying world. Amen? John 16, hallelujah, verses 25 to 33. Glory to his wonderful name. Verse 25, I have told you these things in a figurative language, veiled language proverbs. The hour is now coming when I no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but I will tell you plainly about the Father. In that, in that, in that day you will ask in my name, and I am not saying to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf because it will, it will be unnecessary. For the Father himself, Henry, loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from the Father. I came from the Father and have come unto the world again. I am leaving the world and going to the Father. His disciples said, Ah, now you are speakly, I mean, speaking plainly to us and not in figures of speech. Now we know that you, will, that you know all things. And you have no need for any question to answer. I mean, anyone to question you. Because of this, we believe without any doubt that you came from God. Jesus answered him. Answer them, excuse me. Do you know, do you now know at least, I mean, do you now know at last believe? Take careful notice. An hour is coming and has arrived. When you will be scattered, each to his own home, leaving me alone. And yet, I am not alone, because the Father is with me. I have told you these things, so that in me you may have perfect peace, and in the world you have troubles and distress and suffering. But be courageous, be confident, be undaunted, be filled with joy. I have overcome the world. My conquest. It's completed. My victory abiding. Oh, praise his wonderful name. Glory to God. Be encouraged, brothers and sisters in Christ. Us too. The word of God is not veiled language. He's speaking clear to us so we can be ready for his coming to take us home. Amen? He has overcome the world, our glorious Lord and King. Now let us kick it up a notch. Fashion your seatbelt. This will blow you away. We are more than overcomers through him and the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. He has given us a victory over this world system of sin and wickedness. Amen. Listen to this word. Listen to who you are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Romans 8. Romans 8, verses 31 through 39. Glory to God. What then shall we say to all these things? If God is for us, who could be successful against us? He did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all. How we, how we, not, I mean, how how will he not also 
along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? The, his chosen ones. It is God who justify us, declaring us blameless, and put us in right relationship with himself. Who is the one who condemns us? Christ Jesus is the one who died to pay our penalty. And more than that, who raised, who was raised from the dead, and who is at the right hand of God interceding with the Father for us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Our great intercessor, our great high priest, Yeshua Jesus. Who shall ever separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation or distress or persecution or phantom? or nakedness, or danger, or sword, just as it's written and forever remains. For your sake, we are put to death all day long. The old man, brothers and sisters, the old man is dead. Don't let him wake up. Don't let him rise up. We are regarded as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors and gained. An overwhelming victory through him who loved us so much that he died for us. For I am convinced and continue to be convinced beyond any doubt that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor threatening nor things to come nor powers nor height nor death nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the unlimited love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Glory to his name. I mean, that is so powerful, isn't it, baby? I mean, it's almost overwhelming. And you're just going, wow, Lord. Wow. What an awesome God we love and serve. If you didn't have your seatbelts on, uh, didn't have your seatbelts on, you would have just flew away. Amen? Oh, Lord, Jesus, we truly want to fly away. We long for your coming for us to leave this lost, dying world and go to the place you have been preparing for us for thousands of years. Glory to God. Hallelujah. This is shouting ground, brothers and sisters. This is holy ground, where we are being washed in the water of the word, having our temples washed of spots and wrinkles of this lost, dying world. Thank you, Lord Jesus to open our eyes and heart to this. So we look at this, I mean, excuse me, so we look at Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, that he overcame the world, which truly means conquered the world, and the Satan taskmaster of the world, that we are more than conquerors through him by the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen? Now we will go to the answers from the Word of God from Paul, Peter, John, and our glorious King, Yeshua Jesus. Amen? Paul, Galatians 5, 13 through 25. Glory to his wonderful name. For you, my brothers, were called to freedom. Only do not let your freedom become an opportunity for the sinful nature, worldliness, selfishness, but through love and Love, serve, and seek best for one another. For the whole law concerning human relationships 
is fulfilled in one precept. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. That is, you shall have an unselfish concern for others and do things for their benefit. But if you bite and devour one another in bickering and strife, watch out that you, along with the entire fellowship, are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk habitually in the Holy Spirit. Seek him and be responsive to his guidance, and that you will certainly not carry out the desire, sinful nature, what responds impulsively without regard for God and his precepts. For the sinful nature has its desires, which is opposed to the spirit. And the desire of the spirit opposes the sinful nature. For these two, the sinful nature and the spirit, are in direct opposition to each other, continually in conflict, so that you as believers do not always do whatever good things you want to do. But if you are guided and led by the spirit, you are not subject to the law. Now the practices of the sinful nature are clearly evident. They are sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, total irresponsible, I mean total irresponsibility, lack of self-control, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions that promote heresies, envy, drunkenness, righteous behavior, and other things like these. I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who practice such things that would go back to a lifestyle, a daily lifestyle, will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, here's the good news, the result of his presence within us, that's the only way you have the fruit of the Spirit, his presence within us, is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, patience, not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting. That's pretty good, isn't it? Not the ability how we wait, but how we act while waiting. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature together with its passions and appetite. If we claim to live by the Holy Spirit, if we claim it, live by the Holy Spirit, we must also walk by the Spirit with personal integrity, godly character, character, and moral courage. Our conduct powered by the Holy Spirit. Powerful words. Amen. Great wisdom from the Apostle Paul, clearly showing the lifestyle we are to have, the kind of fruit that should be coming from our hearts. Read verse 25 again that sums up our walk 
while in this world. Amen. Read again slowly. That's for me. <laughs> Let's see. Amen. Go ahead, baby. Amen. Hallelujah. Now we'll move on to the encouraging words of Peter. Amen. Powerful. Powerful. Uh, powerful word tonight. Amen. Second Peter, chapter 3, verses 11 through 14. Since all these things are about to be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? In the meantime, in holy behavior, that is, in the pattern of daily life that sets you apart as a believer, and in godliness, displaying profound reverence toward our awesome God, while you earnestly look for and await the coming of the day of God, for on this day the heavens will be destroyed by burning, and the material elements will melt with intense heat, but in accordance with his promise, we expectedly await new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Amen? So verse 14. So, beloved, since you are looking forward to these things, be diligent. Make every effort to be found by him at his return, spotless, blameless, in peace, that is inwardly calm, with a sense of spiritual well-being and confidence, having lived a life of obedience to him. Amen? That we take heed as truly see the day approaching, having faith in Christ, trust in him, not being fearful or doubting. Look to him, not to all the roaring waves around us. Amen? Now, we move on to the encouraging words of John. 1 John, chapter 2, verses 18 through 24. Children, it is the last hour, the end of the age. And just as you heard that the Antichrist is coming, the one who will oppose Christ in attempt to replace him, even now many Antichrists, false teachers, have appeared, which confirms our belief that it is the last hour. They went out from us, God of mercy, seeing at first to be Christians. But they were not really of us because they were not truly born again and spiritually transformed. For if they have been of us, they would have remained with us. But they went out teaching false doctrine so that it would be clearly shown that none of them are of us. But you have the anointing from the Holy One. You have been set apart, spiritually, I mean, specially gifted and prepared by the Holy Spirit. And all of you know the truth because he teaches us, eliminates our minds, and guards us from error. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it and because no lie. Nothing false, no deception is of truth. Who is a liar but the one who denies that Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, is the Antichrist? 
the enemy, the antagonistic of Christ, the one who denies and consistently refuses to acknowledge the Father and the Son. Whoever denies and repudiates the Son does not have a Father. The one who confesses and acknowledges the Son has a Father also. As for you, let that remain in you, keeping in your hearts the message of salvation, which you have heard from the beginning. If you've heard from the beginning, remains in you, you too will remain in the Son and in the Father forever. More powerful wisdom from a man anointed of the Holy Spirit speaking words of truth for us in such a time as this. Amen? Now, our glorious Lord, Yeshua Jesus, to the most deceived, I mean, this too, the most deceived, the ones who think they are rich and have no need of nothing, but truly miserable and poor. They have no hope. Anyone out there who thinks you are lukewarm, take heed what the Lord is saying to you now. Revelation 18 through 22. I counsel you, excuse me, Revelation 3, 18 through 22. Forgive me. Revelation 3, 18 through 22. I counsel you to buy from me gold that has been heated red hot and refined by fire so that you may become truly rich. And white clothes representing righteousness to clothe yourself so that the shame of your nakedness will not be seen. And healing, sab, put on your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I dearly and tenderly love, I rebuke and discipline, showing them their faults and instructing them. So be enthusiastic. Repent. Change your inner self, your old way of thinking, your sinful behavior. Seek God's will. Behold, I stand at the door of the church and continually knock. If anyone hears my voice and open the door, I will come in and eat with him, restore him, and he with me. He overcomes the world through believing that Jesus is the Son of God. I will grant him the privilege to sit beside me on my throne. Also, as also I overcame and sat down beside my Father on his throne. He who has has an ear, let him hear and heed what the Spirit says to the churches. Do you hear the Lord knocking? Do you hear him knocking on your heart? Open up. Open up your heart. Let him come in. You'll never be the same. You'll be loved like you've never been loved before. You'll have peace past all understanding. With all hell breaking loose, the roar of the, of the sea and the waves and the mountains is quaking and shaking. And the governments and the countries are falling apart. And there's violence in the streets. Military's on the move. Missiles about ready to fly. You will have peace. You will be secure if you come to the Savior. Here is knock and respond. This is not some this is not some church building doors. He is talking about people in those buildings, in those buildings, the door 
hearts. Do you not know that you are the temple of the living God? God does not live in buildings made by men, but in the heart of men by his Holy Spirit. You know the truth now. Repent. Open the door of your heart to him to wash you clean, to empty your heart of yourself and your sins, to fill you with love, joy, peace. Fill you with this Holy Spirit who gives you eternal life. Amen? Now, we will finish this eye-opening revelation and truth about letting go of this lost, dying world. Go to Hebrews 12, Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 3. Jesus, the example. The best example there is. Hebrews 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute, absolute faithfulness, stripping off every unnecessary weight and sin, which is so easily and cleverly entangles us. Don't let down your guard, brothers and sisters. Sin is very sneaky. Sin crouches at your door. Sin slithers around like a serpent. Sin tries to, to, to cloud your mind. Sin tries to, to be before your eyes as something so-called beautiful and sensual. Sin is very dangerous. So, let us run with endurance, active, persistent, the race that is set before us, looking away from all that will distract us, focusing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of faith for our belief, and the one who brings our faith to maturity, who for the joy of accomplishing the goal set before him endured the cross, disregarding the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, revealing his deity, his authority, and completion of his work. Just consider and meditate on him. Just consider and meditate on him who endured from sinners such bitter, bitter hostility against him, consider it all in comparison with your trials, that you, that so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. That's why he did it. That's why he's your example. He knew what was coming in our days, brothers and sisters. He knew what was going to happen in the last days. And he went before us and showed us the example. Amen? Take heed, saying to the churches, a warning from the Lord. You continue to hang on to this world and don't let go. The weight of the world, you will be weighed down and will have to go into tribulation. So this can't, so this can be taken out of you. Disobedient servants will have many lashes to break you and make you understand that Jesus is the only answer and the only way. So it is best to take heed now. Do what the Lord is saying to do. Let go of this lost, dying world now in Jesus' name. I will pray for you now. Anyone struggling with this, because the Lord Jesus is here to set you free from the lost, dying world, from this lost, dying religion too. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord. For anyone who's struggling, that, Father, that they have changed from this world, 
They have changed from the things of this world that tries to hold them down and weigh them down. Father God, I know that you're able to set the people free. free. I know that the Lord Jesus came to set the captives free. I pray anyone who's calling out that you can be set free and that the Lord God will help you overcome struggling with worldly things, that you can let them go, that you need to get them out of your household, that you need to focus on the things of God, and the Lord will help you. I pray, Father, that you break the chains of the world and the worldly system. Lord, that you break the chains of the evil taskmaster, Satan, off the people of God. Lord God, that we would focus on the things of heaven and focus on you, Lord. Peter was walking on the water. When he took his eyes off of Jesus, he started sinking. Oh, Lord, let us not sink into this lost, dying world, but let us keep our eyes on you, Lord Jesus, and that we look to the straight and narrow and look straight ahead, not looking to the left or the right of this world, but looking to you. Keep focused on the things of God and you, Lord Jesus, that we can finish this race strong in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Where I belong. Where I belong. This is where we really belong. Sometimes it feels like I'm watching from the outside Sometimes it feels like I'm breathing But am I alive? I won't keep searching for answers that aren't here to find All I
Well, shalom there. Excuse me. Shalom there, Brother Al. Glad to see you here tonight, brother. Shalom there, Sis Marietta. Good to see you tonight, Sis. Shalom there, Sis Sunshine. Let the sun of Jesus keep shining, Sis. Hallelujah. Shalom there, House Mama 57. Sis Janet, bless you, sister. Shalom there, Brother Mr. 2262. Bless you, brother. Shalom there, Sis Crystal out there. Praise God. Bless you too, sister, and all that are listening, all the guests. We welcome you to the Lord's hour. Praise God. Hallelujah. It is a glorious night when God brings his word and revelation. Amen. Oh, praise God. He's revealing so much. We're not in the dark. <laughs> We're not being caught off guard. Amen. Hallelujah. God knows things before they happen, and he shares them with his people. Amen. It, it, fabricates, it fabricates the people, I'm sure, when we know stuff they don't know, and they're going, how do you know that? Because we're children of God, and God reveals it. Amen? Well, brothers and sisters, I'm getting ready to turn this over to Sis Brenda. She's itching to share this message because the Lord wants her to share this message. Trust in the Lord. Amen? Trust in the Lord. Let me get her. Hello. You got me? Got me. All right. There we go. Perhaps you've been told that as a Christian, you must learn to trust in the Lord with all your heart. But this famous passage from Proverbs 3 contains more than just a general statement about living. Instead, you'll find the steps you'll need each day to truly walk with God. Follow these seven daily steps to make sure you're leaning on the Lord. Amen. One, don't depend on you. Oh, amen we live in a world where, we, where trust must be earned and seems to be in short supply. But Solomon the famous king who wrote Proverbs, knew that trust is exactly where we must start. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Most of, us, most of us have faced disappointments, which have taught us that we can only depend on ourselves. But living the life God has called us to means unlearning that lesson. Instead, we're meant to rest in God's understanding. We may know in our minds that he possesses all wisdom. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgment and his path beyond tracing out, Romans 11:33. But sometimes trusting him completely, can, that can be tough. So each day we must consciously lay aside our own plans and expectation and surrender to his plans. If we don't feel like we can trust him like that, that's where step two comes in. Step two, cry out to God. Surrendering to God begins with our lips and, and our thoughts. We need more than a commitment to depend on him. We need to cry out to him to show 
that dependence in all ways. Acknowledge him that he will make your path straight. When we pray, we admit that his way is higher than ours. We show that we are living in trouble, leaving our troubles and burdens and dreams in his capable hands. In fact, the Bible promises that when we reach reach out to him in prayer, he hears us from Psalm 55, 17. Evening, morning, and noon, I cry out in distress. And he hears my voice. We handed the keys to our lives to him. And we know that he is able to lead us. But in order for that to work, we have to, step three, run from evil. So much in this world can clutter up our relationship with God. John, the writer of the fourth gospel, describes them as the desires of the flesh the lust of the eyes, the pride of our lives. In other words, our blessings can easily become our stumbling blocks. When we think of them as what we deserve or what we need to be happy, instead, life works best when we remember the true source of our blessing, God, and focus on the things that please him. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil, Proverbs 3, 7. Sometimes the only way to live the life God wants us to live is by separating ourselves, dragging us down. And we, oh, please, let me have that one back, Lord. No, no, it's not. That works best when we start pursuing something else in their place. Flee from the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart, Second Timothy 22:22. Is that easy? Is that easy? Not at all. Fleeing from the evil desires that pull pull at us means spending a lot of time crying out to God and leaning on him. But our creator promises to honor our commitment to him when we shun evil. Proverbs 3, 8. This will bring wealth. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. When we pursue him, we find life, an abundant life. Running from evil and pursuing God doesn't come naturally for most of us. Instead, it means that we have to make a serious change. That, and that leads to step four, lesson four. Put God first in your life. It's easy to put ourselves first. When something good happens, we want to congratulate ourselves with a reward. When something bad happens, we want to console ourselves to find or find someone to blame. In other words, we often have a me-centric starting place. And when it comes to money, the struggle is even harder. But Solomon, who had quite a bit of wealth himself, 
knew that his money didn't belong to him. Honor the Lord with your wealth. With the then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. Proverbs three nine and ten. If we can trust God with our the first of our wealth, we're surely showing how much we depend on Him. Handing over the first part of our paycheck takes a huge amount of faith, after all. But doing so means being God-centric. To get there, though, make sure you check lesson five. Check yourself by God's word. Let's be honest. We aren't so good at evaluating ourselves. We will do a great. We will go to great lengths to excuse our behavior, our actions, and our sins. Who needs a defense attorney when we can pretty much find a reason for any bad thing we do? The prophet Jeremiah captures this well in Jeremiah 17:9. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? So, if we're going to if if we ever if we're ever going to trust truly trust in God and flee evil, we have to know exactly where we stand. This measure that tells us the truth. And the truth comes from God and his word. Of course, that doesn't mean we're always, we'll always like what we see or how we see it. Proverbs three eleven. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke. That's right. Sometimes it takes something bad happening or seeing ourselves in the bad light before we finally admit that we need to change. And the more we're in the Bible, the more likely this is to happen. Psalms 119.11, I have hidden your word in my heart. I might not sin against you. He didn't say, didn't say, that you might not sin. It said I might not sin. This is this is this is this is pointing right at us, at me. I have hidden my word in my heart that I might not sin against you. See, that's what we have to do. That was Psalm one nineteen eleven. And you know, the thing about that is is that we're so easy to point the finger at the other person's uh, flaws when when it finally sees it's telling us it's an eye situation on this one. Yeah, listen to the Amplified version. I mean, Amplified, what it says. You Your see? word I have treasured and stored in my heart that I might not sin against you. Yeah, the, amp- the Amplified says treasured and stored. Wow. When we have scripture planted firmly in our hearts, God will often use that to deal with us. Lesson number six. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Amen. When Jesus promised to send the Holy Spirit to the church, he told his disciples that his his counselor would be their spiritual compass or 
their GPS. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you to you. John fourteen twenty six. As we go throughout our day, the same Holy Spirit guides us too. That means we don't have to go it alone or hope we're getting it right. No. No, the Holy Spirit leads us to all truth and protects us. Second Timothy one fourteen. Guard the good deposit that we entrusted in you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. After all, the gift of the Holy Spirit to us believers remind us that we can truly, lesson number seven, rest in God's love. When we face a difficult, when we face a difficult world each day, we can sometimes wonder if God even cares. Why do bad things happen? Where is God when, when I need him? Solomon reminds us that God never takes a break or leaves us to fend for ourselves. In Proverbs 3.12, because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. Amen. Even in the midst of turmoil, God sticks with us and uses those challenges to shape. When we understand that, our perspective completely flips. No longer do we see our setbacks as failures. We see them as moments when God, our loving Father, works on us. And that's exactly why we can trust in the Lord with all our heart. He cares for us each and every day. He gives us what we need to thrive. He pours blessings after blessings upon us. Of course, following each of these daily steps isn't easy. That's why Jesus said we have to deny ourselves and follow him. Amen. That's Matthew sixteen twenty four. Trusting God takes a wholehearted commitment from from dawn to dusk, but we're never alone at it. And, and in Matthew twenty eight twenty it says I and am excuse me, Matthew twenty eight twenty. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Amen. Excuse me. That's it. Well, praise God that we know that we are to trust the Lord with all our heart, lean not on our understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct our path. He's not turned down. I'll say it again. I said, amen, that we are to trust the Lord with all our hearts and lay not on our understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge him, 
He will direct our path. That we are not to be wise in our own eyes. Fear the Lord and part from evil. And then the promises. That was a blessing to hear the rest of that chapter about the promises of, uh, I, I, I think i got a pretty good idea for cure for most sicknesses after hearing that. Didn't you, baby? Just trust in the Lord. He's the great physician. Amen? Praise God. Well, praise God. Uh, this this song has been put on our hearts. Uh, I call out to a, a lady that uh, we had a chance to minister, and praise God that God intervened in her life. And this is uh, this is out to you. Y'all be remembering uh, Sis Diane, one of our neighbors here at the apartments, okay? I'll be praying for her. Uh, that this song blesses her heart, and I pray it blesses yours. And understand that we are to trust in him, trust in you. Letting go of everything, old dream. I lay each one down at your feet. Every moment of my wandering. Never changes what you see I've tried to win this war, I confess My hands are weary, I need your rest Mighty warrior, king of the fight No matter what I face, you're by my side
trust in him. We need to cling to him. We need to keep our eyes on him. Amen? And brothers and sisters, he didn't leave us powerless. He didn't leave us comfortless. The same power that rose Jesus from the grave lives within us. Amen? The same power that lived, that rose Jesus from the grave lives in us. This is what's going to lift us up when Christ says, Come up hither! Amen? Glory to God. I can see what is raging at my feet. I can feel the breath of those surrounding me. I can hear the sound of nations rising up. We will not be overtaken. We will not be overcome. I can walk down this dark and painful road. I can face Every fear of the unknown I can hear All God's children singing out We will not be overtaken We will not be overcome
Brad Zauer. Brother, every time I see your uh, handle or type name, I think of the lion, the tribe of Judah. Hallelujah. Our glorious Lord, he came as a lamb of God, and he died and poured out his life and blood. But he's coming as the roaring lion of Judah. Hallelujah. As he comes in victory, as he comes to judge this lost, dying, Christ-rejecting world. Hallelujah. Praise his wonderful name. Glory to God. Amen, baby. Uh, prayer decoration. Let me get you set up here. All right, praise God. Pillars of Truth. Psalm 144:12. That our sons may be like plants growing up in the in their youth. That our daughters may be pillars as pillars sculptured in the palace style. Pillars often symbolize inspiring traits such as strength, wisdom, right uprightness, authority, and resolve, characteristics that make good leaders. It takes, it takes believers who will stand like pillars to uphold God's work in this world. Flimsy spiritual props will just give way under the pressure. When Jeremiah was but a child, God said he would make him like an iron pillar, immovable in the face of opposition. The the church as a whole is described as a pillar of the truth. So every member of of the church, adult or child, should exhibit pillar-like qualities and fill the role of world charges and history makers. All overcoming believers have the internal destiny of being pillars in the temple of God. Certainly a pathetic description of our role in the government of God to come. Since we have claimed scripture in Palestine at an early age, developed as the supportive columns of divine purpose that stretches from time to eternity, our prayer declaration. Lord God, thank you for making my children like a pillar unmovable and unchanging in their commitment to you. Let my children be wise, upright, full of authority, determined, and excellent in all things. I pray that Joshua, Emma, Scotty, April, Jessica, Bobby, Veronica, their children, and their spouses will be like Jeremiah and will stand for the truth like an iron pillar, even when... It is unpopular. Finally, I confess my faith that Joshua and Emma, Scotty, April, Jessica, Bobby, Veronica, their spouses, and their children will ultimately be like a pillar sculptured in Palestine, an eternal pillar in the temple of God. One who will rule with God over all things in the kingdom that is to come. In the name of Jesus, 
Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. That we need to be prepared to serve the Lord. Alabaster John.
in his presence. Amen. Such a peace here, such to the Lord is in this place that we are in his presence. Amen. In his presence. In your presence. Oh, yes, Lord. That's where I am strong. Yes, In your, your presence. Oh, Lord, my God. In your presence. That's where I belong. Seeking you. 
testimony. Our God is able. Whatever the plans of the enemy, the Lord can destroy. Amen? Praise God. All right. And that we need to pray for France for the comfort and peace to the families who lost loved ones. Amen? And I got, and it's, it's here. And pray for Turkey, the people during this dangerous time. And to pray for the lost souls. Life is so precious. And that we pray for our sis Diane here to stay close and strong in the Lord. Amen? All right. Anybody else have some other prayer requests? Any other prayer requests? That's right, Sister Marietta. America does have many praying Christians. And as we see the day approaching, as we see the darkness approaching, that we need to keep praying. And that's what the Lord told us, to watch and pray. We can understand why he told us, because he knows what was going to happen and what is happening. It's very clear. It's not going to get better. It's going to just keep deteriorating, because this is a lost, dying world. Oh, God have mercy. People need to wake up and see the light, because there's darkness all around. And the only one who's greater than the darkness is the Lord Jesus. He is the light of God. Amen? So, all right. Everybody, we pray for Sister Crystal and her children to be saved. Of course, that we pray for our this. Amen, Sister Sunshine. For the loss. Lukewarm family friends, Amen. Glory to God. All those, Hallelujah. We do have that. We have that one down. Praise God. Amen. And, and pray for Israel. Yes. Yes. Pray for Israel and Jerusalem. Yes. Very prophetic times are happening. Very prophetic signs by what the prophet said would happen. The people in Israel need to wake up, and they need to turn back to the living God. It's not government. It's not even their great army, the IDF, that protects and watch over Israel. It's the Lord God. It's Yahweh. They need to see that there has been and there is a Messiah. His name is Yeshua, Jesus, the Mashiach. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right, we need to pray for Roger. Uncertain about Jesus to be healed of dementia. Amen. Okay, we need to pray, uh, pray for Roger. Pray for Roger Wisdom, the truth about Jesus. No, she left. Our uh, granddaughter, uh, I think they said had. Oh, she's six, but she's six, but I think it's like a stroke or seizure or something. Just Janet's granddaughter. Pray for Sister Janet and family. Grand daughter healing. Amen. Let's see. Pray for uh, uh, the Muslims. Yes, yes. And he is doing a great work there. Um, let's see where to go. Sister Mary, he is doing a great work. There's a lot of great testimonies and things about dreams and visions that many Muslims are having. There is a mighty revival in all places in Iran. You don't hear it on the news or anything, but if you search it out, you'll see. I mean, their lives are on the line if they come to Christ, but 
there's there's many of them coming, many Muslims coming to Christ because he's the only hope. Their their religion and and their false gods are not the answer because they are violent and death and destruction. But Christ gives them life and hope. Amen. And we'll pray for the yes, pray for the Muslims. Amen. Pray for, uh, uh, okay, for your uncle to receive salvation, my brother, a job, okay? Uh, Mr. Clinique, pray for uncle. Salvation. And your brother... Job. Okay. Okay, Mr. Twenty Two Sixty Two. Amen. All right. Praise God. Yeah, large underground church. You're right, Brother Al. I know. I mean, I heard a story that uh, there was a there was some uh, a village where they they've been bringing the uh, uh, Jesus film, and uh, you know they do it sort of in the in the villages and stuff, and like an underground uh, uh, believers there that was bringing the Jesus film into. Iran, and as they were watching the film, when they saw the Lord, and they saw the Lord on the cross, they all started yelling, and he was here, he was here, he was here, this is him, this is Yeshua, he was here, and the whole village came to Christ, the whole village came to Christ, I think the village it said was over like 200 people, glory to the Lord. Well, that's good that he's speaking, um, Sister Marietta. We just pray that the Father draws him to his son, the Lord Jesus. The Father has to draw him. Amen. If he's seeking, God will see his seeking heart. God will see his seeking heart. And when he sees his seeking heart, he will know the truth. Just keep praying. Just keep praying without ceasing is what we've been told. Amen. And we have an attitude of prayer, our thoughts about prayer. If God puts people on your heart, if God puts countries on your heart, nations, situations, pray. Pray. You're not alone. You have the Holy Spirit. He's interceding. He's interceding. He's doing he's doing groanings, not even words. You know, this is oh groan, you know, groans of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lord. And then we have we have mighty Jesus. You have Yeshua. He's up there, the great high priest, the great intercessor, praying for us. Amen. Glory to God. He he, he sees, and he's pleased to see the obedience of his children to do what he says, and that he honors our prayers. I mean, there are incense in heaven. That's 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 that blows me away sometimes. I don't know about y'all, but it blows me away. Anybody? Else? Okay, brother, I need a good job. Okay, brother. Brother Al needs a good job, brother. Amen, brother. God, Jesus, I mean, he'll provide. Amen. If we do what it says in Proverbs 3, 5, 6, and 7, then you look down at 8, 9, and 10, 11. Amen. He'll provide. Amen. We'll be obedient to him. He'll provide. Amen. All right. Let's go to prayer, brothers and sisters. Lord and God, the presence of the Lord is so awesome. I mean, when you bring forth his word, the Lord shows up. Amen. And he'll show up in power. 
and he'll touch our lives. He will change us. He, people will be saved. People will be healed. People will be delivered. People will be set free. He sets the captives free. He heals the sick. He raises up the dead. He, he heals the, the brokenhearted. He heals the crippled. He opens the eyes of the blind, the ears of the deaf. Our Lord is able. Amen. Praise God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, we praise and honor you. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Father God, we thank you and just praise you for this night, this revelation, two really revelations that go hand in hand. Father, that we let go of this lost, dying world and we turn to you, Lord Jesus, and that we trust in you. And we trust in you with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding. But in all our ways, acknowledge you, and you will direct our path. Oh, Lord, that we be not wise in our own eyes. Fear you, Lord. Honor, respect you, and depart from anything of evil. Oh, Lord, we thank you and praise you for that. Father God, I thank you for my brothers and sisters of the Lord's hour. I thank you, and I pray, Lord, that you will bless a brother Al and sister Dottie. Anoint them, lift them up, and strengthen them. Our brother is calling out a need for a good job. Well, Father, you will make a way where there seems to be no way. You will open the door, and that you will make a way for Brother Al to be in the place you want him to be, in Jesus' mighty name. Father God, Marietta, bless her. Strengthen her. Lift her up, Lord. Let the word of God keep flowing from her. Lord, let her keep focused on you. And know that you are with her. You never leave her forsake her. Father, we pray for Roger that if he is seeking and trying to understand about you, oh, praise God. That is a good thing to be happening. And, Father, we pray you draw him to the Lord Jesus and know who Jesus truly is to him personally. That it's not a religion. It's not about a man, but it's about the true living God, Christ, who became a man, but he was God too and that he's the only way in truth. Lord God, we pray and thank you for Sister Mary. Bless her sister. Lift her up and strengthen her. Watch over and protect her. We thank you, Lord. We pray you keep anointing her, and you keep the word of God flowing through her. Father God, we thank you for Sister Sunshine. We thank you for our sister in the ministry you've given her and in what she does at Facebook. And praise God for the things that she shares. And Father God, I pray you lift her up and strengthen her. And let the Son of God keep shining from the sunshine in the name of Jesus. Father God, we pray for Mr. 2262. And Lord God, we pray for his uncle, his uncle to be saved. The greatest miracle God has ever done is to save a fallen man. Praise God, hallelujah, that we be born again and that he would be born again and he will know you as Savior and Lord. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this night and all the others that were here. And, Lord, we pray for Sister Crystal. Bless her, sister. She's been faithful, Lord. And I pray that you will watch over and protect her. And, Lord, that you will bring salvation into the household of Sister Crystal. Let it flow, Lord. Let it know and touch the heart of her children. Because you love the little children, Lord. You love the little children. And I pray, Lord, that you would set them in your lap like you did and when you was ministering here on earth, and know that they need you and that you're the only answer for life and hope and peace, even in their heart. And bless her and strengthen her as a mother and let her lead them 
in the ways of God and teach in the ways of God by the word of God and by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, Father. Father God, we pray for America, and we thank you, Father. We're grateful that you stopped this night of rage and violence. Glory to your wonderful name, Lord. You are able to touch the heart of the people, and you're able to cancel the plans of the devil, and you're able to be glorified because you're in control, Lord. You are in total control. Father God, we pray for France. We pray the comfort and peace for the families that have lost loved ones. And we pray that our eyes are waking up, that everyone, that you, we are only a breath away from eternity. Father God, I pray for Turkey and the people in these dangerous times. Oh, Lord, I pray they call out to you, Lord. They would call out to Yeshua, and they would see that their Messiah, and the answer is you, Lord Jesus. Father God, we pray for lost souls because life is so precious. And that if you want life, eternal life, it is only through Christ. I pray they see it. Father God, we just thank you and we pray uh, for Sis Janet and her family. Give her strength, wisdom, and guidance. Lift her up and refresh her. And I pray for healing for her daughter, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father God, we thank you for what you're doing with the Muslims and we pray that their eyes will be opened. And understand that you are not just a prophet, but you are the son of the living God, and you're the savior of the world. Father God, we just thank you, and we praise you for this night. And know, Lord, that without you, we are nothing, but with you, we can make it through. And we can finish this race strong, because we look to the author and finisher of our faith, you, Lord Jesus. And we thank you, in the name of Jesus, and all of God's people said. Amen. Well, praise God, brothers and sisters. I want you to know something. Did you know that we serve an everlasting God?
will become weak and tired. And young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They'll soar high on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not faint. Amen, amen. Well, brothers and sisters, it has been a wonderful night. It has been good to be in the presence of the Lord. Glory to his wonderful name, how he blesses us, how he shows up when his people focus on him. Oh, that he enjoys the fellowship and the presence of uh, the brethren, and that we enjoy his presence by his Holy Spirit. Well, bless each one of you, and I pray that you keep watching and praying, keep your eyes focused, keep looking up. Do not be discouraged, do not faint, but trust the Lord and hold stand fast, for he is coming soon. Bless each one of you, and we say shalom to all of you, and good night, shalom, shalom, good night.